Hello everybody, I'm Matt Mikucci and you are listening to the Jazzy's Podcast. Hello everybody, Jazz Asia Online Editor Matt Mikucci here, welcoming you to a new episode of our podcast series of conversations with some of the most amazing artists on the jazz and creative music scene today, a series that we simply like to call The Jazz Ace Podcast, and is brought to you in conjunction with Jazz Ace Vinyl Club, a series of vinyl compilations carefully curated by the Jazz Ace editors, and that is an absolute must for lovers of jazz and vinyl alike. Today's episode of The Jazz Ace Podcast features a conversation with trumpeter and composer Rachel Therian, who talks with us about Mihogar, her first outing with her newly assembled Latin Jazz Project, an expert band of musicians from all over the world. Mihogar translates to My Home in Spanish, and the album nods to the many places the Canada-born artist has lived over the years, including Cuba, where she immersed herself in the Latin Jazz tradition. In this conversation, Therian talks more about the experiences that shaped the music of this record and her fascination with Latin jazz, including some of her influences and much more. So fire up on Audiotini and listen to the audio waves as they fly through the air. This is the Jazz Is Podcast. Hi, Rachel. Welcome to the Jazzies podcast. Hi, thank you. It's a pleasure to meet you. And, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to our conversation. But this is kind of a tradition of ours here at the Jazzies podcast is we like to break the proverbial ice by kind of asking artists that I speak with to share a memory from childhood of when they feel like they may have awakened to the beauty and power of music and maybe even just, you know, started thinking maybe I'd like to be a musician when I grow up. So is there a moment like that that sticks out in your head when you think of one such memory that you could share with us? Well, there's there's like two different stages. Like first when I was a kid, uh, there was my mom like just playing a little bit of piano at home, but just for fun. And, and a cousin that played violin that would come in like all the, the Christmas parties and family parties and play a little bit for us. <laughs> and it's, but that's like my first contact with music. But I don't think that's really when it, it sparkled for me. It's it's really later on when um, when I went to high school. We moved from a city to another one. And, and the only instrument left when I got to the music class was trumpet and trombone <laughs> so the first image i saw of a trumpet was in a like kids dictionary <laughs> and i picked the trumpet uh because at least it has pistons because I, I looked at the trombone and i didn't figure how this would work <laughs> so i started trumpet in high school when i was 12 and 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 it's really there that I, I started, like, wanted to be a musician full time because I had a teacher that was so passionate in music. And one of them uh, was always giving me, like, big challenge and made me start doing drum corps. And it's where I met the first trumpet players that were actually professional musicians. And, and I realized it could be a career to just be a, a musician, a player, like, not just a, not a teacher, but like a, a real musician. So. Who would have been uh, some of the musicians that you looked up to in your very formative years that you mentioned? 
here, well, I'm from Quebec originally, and like jazz was not necessarily a big promoted music back then. Um, an uncle from uh, California, when he learned I, I started playing trumpet, he sent me a vinyl of uh, Chuck Mangione. <laughs> so the first trumpet player I actually listened to a lot was Chuck Mangione when I was a kid. And then later on, I discovered Miles and, and Freddie Hubbard and Lee Morgan and but that's that's really later on like in my childhood my only like reference of trumpet was Chuck Mangione. Mangione, <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. I also read that uh Dizzy Gillespie was uh, an important influential figure in those early years. Yeah, actually, uh my first contact with with Dizzy's music was when I did Drum Corps. Uh we had the opportunity uh to play an arrangement of Konalma with the with the Drum Corps. And it's really when I discovered Dizzy's Dizzy's music, and I started listening to him, and like discovering his story, and and him going to Cuba, and like all his, his exchange with percussions and stuff. And I, I didn't know back then it would influence so much what came back, what came up in my life afterwards. <laughs> But yeah, I, I guess. I guess it did. Speaking about your uh, infatuation uh, with Latin jazz, it was a very simple question, but what was it about it that drew you to it? First, when I was around 20 years old, I had the, I had the opportunity to play with a, an amazing Cuban drummer. His name is uh, Geraldo Piloto and um, with part of his band. And back then, I, I was looking for... A different education and the trumpet player that came with General Piloto uh, actually suggested me to go try to study in Cuba because he was very um, positive he was talking very positively about education in Cuba so I've actually followed this lead and I went to study in, in Havana at Instituto Superior de Arte in 2008 and I stayed there for a year and a half and it really changed my life I don't I don't think I would be the musician I am today if I didn't had this in my journey. And since I came back from Cuba, it's really in Cuba where I decided that I would start doing um, my own career as a, as a solo artist, that I that I would start doing jazz. And it's, it's there that I got a confidence to actually do what I'm doing today. Uh, and when I came back from Cuba, I started recording my own album. But the first, the first idea of, of recording albums was really that Latin jazz project. <laughs> it just happened that I made five different projects before I actually get to that first idea. <laughs> But yeah. I've been wanting to do this like Latin jazz project since since 2010. So it, it's my sixth, but it does feel like my first. Ama amazing. So uh, we'll talk about that a little later on, but I do want to know more about actually, you know, traveling, going, staying and studying in Cuba, because that feels like such a, a fantastic experience. But also, you know, a huge decision, I guess, in your life. But what was it like when you got there? What was your first encounter with it? And how, you know, how did, do you feel like the culture and the music then inspired you in your uh, musical journey? It really, it really, it was really magical. Because first of all, all, um, all schools in Cuba are in classical music. And Before going there, I was studying uh, jazz interpretation. I was doing a bachelor's at the University of Montreal in jazz interpretation. And so I never really cl studied cl classical trumpet. So I got there and it was like all new thing for me. But I remember the first day I went to ISA, which is Instituto Superior de Arte, there were trumpet players and 
trombone players and tubas and violins and, and so many instruments just practicing outside. It's uh, the ISA is built on a. It, it used to be a, a golf a golf club before the revolution, so it's like a huge natural land where kids just practice on <laughs> outside all day, and it's like nonstop music and practicing and and people very very passionate. Back then, like they didn't really have access to internet as well, so it's it was really like. People were really, really focused on music, and and I didn't spoke the language. I didn't spoke Spanish, so I kind of had conversation really, really like limited. <laughs> and I started learning Spanish through this the the, the musical like words and stuff because I'm coming from French because I'm French speaking. I'm, I'm French Canadian originally. There's a lot of like similar words words, so I was kind of like finding my way through it. But really, like the welcoming of of the of the musician there and and the community, especially the community, because it's like people really exchange and people really help each other. And like I would practice outside, and and a, a colleague student would come to me and suggest me how to do an exercise. I was an exercise I was doing different. And at first it was a little bit shocking because it, it's not in our North American culture to have opinions like this on other people's practicing. Um, but then I realized it was just everybody was doing this and it's really how they actually shared and learned. And, and I would go see shows in Havana. And if I brought my trumpet, there were 90% chances I would get invited to come up for a tune because that's how they do for everyone. Like, because all the the school is in classical music, their way of learning jazz and learning traditional music is actually live on stage with bands that are actually doing it. So it really, really was great. It really was a huge lesson on how community should be in the jazz world. And to speaking about your latest album, I mean, it's evocatively titled Miho God, which translates to my home. Uh, so is that a heartfelt nod to your personal connection to Cuba and also, I guess, the Latin jazz and Latin music heritage at large. Yeah, well, home is home is a huge word that could mean so many different things. And for me, really, like I've been for the past eight years, I've been living in New York and in Montreal and like working in different places and traveling a lot. And like for the past since the past since the two years before pandemic, I think the longest I've spent in the city was 10 years, uh, 10 days in a row. <laughs> So I do, I do live in my suitcase. So like the concept of home is very flexible, yeah. ge like geographically, but for real, like for this album, the concept of home is really the community. There's like 25 different musicians involved in the, in the record. And there would have been more. It's just, it's really the family and the family, the musical family that I have around that music and people I've been working with for the past 15 years. And it's really where I feel home and feel good. So that's, I think that's, that's the message I want to go through with Neil Gad. track you are hearing is from Mi Hogar, the first album by Rachel Therian with her Latin jazz project. 
The album is available now on Outside In Music and we'll resume our conversation with the artist in a moment. But first I wanted to remind you that if you love jazz and vinyl, you should check out Jazz A's Vinyl Club, a new series of vinyl compilations carefully curated by the Jazz A's editors and featuring some of the most exciting jazz artists from yesterday and today that we cover in the print version of Jazz A's, jazzaise.com and these Jazz A's podcasts. Go to jazzaise.com and click on Join Vinyl Club. And now, back to our conversation with Rachel Therrien. Let's talk about that. This is, uh, you're talking about the Latin Jazz Project, right? Which you kind of mentioned earlier, but I'd love to know more about it. Can you tell me about its genesis and sort of the quote-unquote mission statement of this project? Well, yeah, for this project, it's the first Latin jazz uh, project I do. So, yeah, I decided I would I would involve as many people as I could um, in the in the creation of the project. Uh, we recorded it. Um, we recorded it in Montreal, in Toronto, and in New York. I, it, it, because it's the first one that I, it's Latin jazz, and it's my going back a little bit. Uh, in context, I did a record in Colombia in 2014, which which was Latin jazz music, but it was it was more of a, a, a no musical experience. I, I spent a month in Colombia and I met people from all over, and together we kind of created something live in studio. But it wasn't really like a project that is oh this is me this is me that I'm presenting to the, to the world with Latin jazz. Mi hogar really feels like my own. It's really like. It really feels like my music. I'm presenting who I am personally and what I really love to do and where my passion is and where my community is and the people I've been working with. It, it really feels like a Rachel Therrien album. And I had to involve as many people as possible. And that's why I picked like, the three main cities where I work, where I work often to record it. So, yeah, it was uh, I had a, like 10 musicians in Montreal. I had eight musicians in New York and a smaller combo in Toronto, which involves a lot of different people. <laughs> yeah, so different people from different parts of the world. Exactly. Well, there was a lot of, the, of course, there's a lot of people that I know. Uh, and since since my studies in Cuba, there's a the drummer on all the track is he's one of my best friends since Cuba. His name is Michel Medrano Brindis. Uh, he's the only one that plays like me on every tracks. And yeah, we we were playing together in the same band with Rembert Duarte, a great piano player uh, that actually lives in Paris right now. But we were both playing in his in his orchestra back then in Cuba when I was studying there. So it's it's a friendship that goes a long time. And um, all, other people that I know since Cuba, there's Kesel Jimenez on congas that was in the New York session that I also know since uh, since my studies there, and Magdalena Seving, which plays percussion. And she was in the Toronto session. We also uh, were studying together at ESA. Then there's like many people like in the Montreal session is the most closest because there's, for example, the bass player, his name is Alex, uh, Alex Belgarde. He's a, a, a fellow Quebecer, <laughs> French Canadian like me that also like really 
is passionate about Cuban music and Latin jazz in general. And he's been kind of a, a big brother figure for me uh, since my beginning in, ja in the jazz world. And like I was 16 and he would force me that uh, he's one of the pillar of the Montreal jazz scene. So I was 16 years old. He would force me to go jam and like learn my standards. And <laughs> so it's, it's, it was great to like, have him in this project as well and there's a legend that we're lucky to have in in canada his name is pan con salsa miguel de armas he lives here close to montreal in ottawa i had to invite him for a piece so he he plays the piano on the piece capricho arabic and uh yeah it, it was like a, a good a good opportunity to invite as many people as possible to be part of that project But you mentioned earlier that this really is the first album that feels like a rachel therian album So therefore, the choice of the material to play on this record would have been particularly important. Now, what is the personal connection there with these tracks? Well, the personal connection with these tracks, for example, I just mentioned uh, Capricho Arabe. I've been playing this piece since 2010. It's an arrangement I did um, of a classical guitar piece. I love classical guitar. And uh, it's a piece from Francisco Tarrega that I rewrote on, in Danson, which is a, a Cuban traditional rhythm. Because when I was in Cuba, I also took a lot of uh, percussion lessons. <laughs> and Danson was like a very specific rhythm that my teacher <laughs> took a long time to teach me. So it was kind of like a connection with that. And I've been playing this piece in concerts for, for the past 15 years, and it was great to finally put it on the record. Con Alma, it's Dizzy Gillespie. Moments Notice, it's kind of a... It's kind of a, a way for me to, to say something to the jazz world in a little bit, in a little way, because all the records I did before was always 100% uh, original music. I never did standards in my records before. So it's kind of a way, like, Moments Notice is not an easy tune to play on trumpet. <laughs> so it was kind of a, a good way for me to just put the standard of where I am jazz-wise through that project as well. The Wizard is one of my favorite, and I think people really enjoy it. It's um, John, there's the the great John Benitez on bass that recorded with us uh, in the New York session, and I had the, I'm, I'm very close with John. He's kind of a mentor for me in New York, and he he taught me that uh, five four clave a couple of years back, and I wrote a, a piece on that on that five four clave i think like when you learn something uh that is cha challenging to learn the best way to really integrate it it's it's to write something with it so the wizard was kind of an experiment on john's uh concepts <laughs> then it's like a, a danceable piece it's a the rhythm is a pilon which is also a very traditional cuban rhythm and uh this is a true composed piece i love writing music on a sheet music and a, and just like going somewhere random outside with a sheet music and a, and, and a pen and just write music uh, with no piano, with no trumpet, with no, no instrument, just like writing from my head to the paper. And Posternosa is one of them. I just went to Madison Square. Um, there was a building in front of the table where I was sitting that said porcelanosa and the first thing i wrote on the paper was porcelanosa and then the the piece just came down <laughs> so and and porcelanosa is actually a tile company a bathroom tile company so the title doesn't really have to do with the piece but it's more like the concept of being in that environment in the middle of new york and 
in writing that piece. As a conclusive uh, question, I guess, to our conversation, I wanted to go back to the Latin Jazz Project because uh, you talked about how it began, but I'd love to know whether you see this uh, project continuing in the future and whether you see this becoming a primary vehicle for your creativity. Yeah, well, the Latin Jazz Project is, um, like, it's probably going to be the, the main project I'm going to be pushing for the, the couple of years uh, coming up. Um I just I'm just coming back from a tour in Europe and I'm gonna I, we have a couple of shows in New York coming up uh, including Smalls and and yeah the, there's a tour coming up in the in the in the spring in Europe again next summer as well many dates in Canada hopefully the Canadian Jazz Festival and I already have a uh, volume 2 of the of Mi Hogar that is going to come up in the next year. So if you like the music, I invite you to just follow me on, on the social and my website and my newsletter, just so you're aware of when the CD is going to come up. Well, let's talk about that. What, what is the, what is your social media handles? Uh, tell us all about them. Well, <laughs> social media is uh, Rachel Therian trumpet on Facebook, on Instagram, on uh, TikTok, on <laughs> everywhere. If you put Rachel Therian trumpet, you'll find me. Uh, as well as YouTube, it's just my name, Rachel Therian. And my website is racheltherian.com. And when you go to my website, there's a little pop-up for my newsletter. So I invite you to put your email in there. And I, I'm not very, very aggressive with newsletter. So it may be like three or four times a year. And just to keep you informed of what's coming up. Awesome. Awesome. Rachel, well, thank you very much for joining us. It's been a great pleasure speaking with you. Thanks a lot. Thank you for the opportunity. It's great. I love jazzes, it's awesome. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Rachel Therrien and I remind you that her new album Mi Hogar is available now. And if you love jazz and vinyl, be sure to check out our Jazz A's Vinyl Club. Join the club and we will send you four premium limited edition color vinyl albums mailed directly to you. Just go to jazzaise.com and click on Join Vinyl Club for more. And as music from Mihogar plays us out, I encourage you to keep an eye out for more Jazz Ace podcasts, our print magazine, and other great content available to you on our regularly updated website, jazzace.com. And if you like what you see, you can always subscribe for more. Till the next time, this is Matt McCoochie signing off. See you soon. <laughs>